Hey guys, I'm Bethany. And I'm Dalton. And this is Looking for the Middle. A Christian's Guide to Modern Dating. Welcome back, guys. We are rolling through season nine now. We're which moving, people. It's still crazy. I know this is your first season, but we've been doing this for nine seasons. This is my second season. I that was is on true. You made a cameo in season eight. It wasn't a cameo. That was a full appearance. Well, I kicked in the, the whole door and said, hello, <laughs> I'm here. But compared to the whole season, it was yeah, a cameo. Yeah, yeah. You were there for the whole episode. Yeah. Anyway. Technically, I was there for the whole season because I would walk by and make faces at you in the door. That is true. We, Kristen and I would record here at the church a good bit last season, and Dalton would walk by the door and completely distract us while that we was, were trying to The goal was just trying completely to throwing you off. <laughs> okay. Let me run through really quickly our normal housekeeping things at the top of the episode here. Social media, newsletter, Facebook group. Follow us on social media if you don't already. Instagram or Facebook, LFTM Podcast on Instagram. Hit the like and follow people. Yes, looking for the middle on Facebook. Newsletter, if you don't subscribe already, you should. It comes out every Thursday. Um, It has a ton of resources, different things like that that we put in there. Maybe we mentioned it in the episode. Maybe it's something we're reading or thinking about. So you can do that on our website, lookingforthemiddle.com. And for the ladies out there, we do have a Facebook group that is just a community building space for you guys to talk and get to know each other. It is LFTM community on Facebook. You know the drill. You want one, show up. You've got to show out. Let me know you want one and I'll think about it. (laughs) Yes. No promises. No promises. Okay. Which is, I will say from when, before the season started and I was like, you might have to do a Facebook group for the guys. He was like, nope, absolutely not. Not happening. So just the fact that he's willing to think about possibly is a big step. We're making movement here. I'm making concessions. (laughs) Okay. So that's all I have for that. Dalton. It is your question of the day. Question of the day. This is what my first question That's of true. the day, and it's a weird one. Yay. Okay. Out of any animal, what animal do you think would be the rudest in person? Oh, the rudest? The rudest. Cats. Oh. <laughs> Why? I hate them. They're very rude to me, not in person. I can't imagine if they were humans. Cats and I have a hate-hate relationship. I don't like them. They don't like me. We just agree to not get along. But they're very uppity. I was going to say cats, too. Oh. But I find them pompous. Yeah, that's a good... Even the way they look at me when I walk in the room. Yeah. It's like you're giving me the death stare. You are just a rude animal, and I cannot stand you. They are me... Yes. That... And then I was going to say, or an owl. Owls seem like they would be rude. I don't know if it's from Winnie the Pooh. He was always very like intellectual and like a little pretentious, but they just seem pretentious. I don't know. I like a good owl. Well, I mean, I went. So I went on a camping trip one time. It was a pseudo camping trip. <laughs> it was a bunch of guys. We're all sharing this massive tent, and it yeah. was about three in the morning. And we didn't know there was a screech owl around. But if you've <laughs> ever heard a screech owl, it doesn't sound like an animal. It sounds like somebody screaming. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. And it woke us up in the middle of the night. We're out in the middle of this field at an old abandoned farm. Freaky. Yeah. And we start hearing this. So we woke up the first time, thought, okay, it's somebody just messing with us, went back to sleep. It starts <laughs> screaming again. We came up with knives and whatever weaponry we had, came sprinting out of the tent when it was freezing cold, determined to kill it. And then our friend, who is part of some bird club or something or other, he goes, oh, that's just a screech owl. I'm like, you could have said that an hour ago and I would have been fine. See, I feel like you're making my point, though. That's really rude. No, that's not rude. That's just the owl being the owl. It's cats that are rude. Oh, I agree. That was my first choice. 
without even a, having to think about it. I'm glad we're not cat people Mm-mm. because I just can't do it. Dogs, no. on the other hand, I, I ha- oh, I love dogs. I love them. I really, I have to fight it because I totally want to get a puppy, but I know I don't need one because I'm never home and I live in an apartment or whatever. But I really want a dog, so I just like dog sit for people oh, and yeah. I get my fix and it works out really well. Um, but yeah, cats. I had a really, I had a bad experience when I was young, and it's just shaped my whole life. Remind me to tell you about it sometime. So I'm just a little scared of them. Well, I'm also really, really allergic to them. Too, oh well, so that's a good like, reason. But too. it's just, it's the way they look. <laughs> they at just me. look at you weird. I'm really sorry if you're a cat person. You can try to change you're, our minds. You it's are not going to happen. Here, we love you. We support you, despite your flaws. Being a part of it, but it's proof that all have sinned. <laughs> oh man, that was a good question. See, I, like that I was one. ready to throw out a weird one here. Okay, so guys. Let's just jump right into it today. This is going to be a discussion of knights in shining armor and supermodels. When we were talking about this episode, we had we couldn't stop laughing when we titled it in that way. Yeah. So I what got us on this, we were talking, I think we were in my office one day, and we were just talking about how... I feel like that's where all these conversations that start. That is true. I have a really comfy chair in my office. The chair that I hate to love and love to hate. Yep. Dalton sits in it. It's like, okay, story time. Um, so we were just talking about the complexities of Christian dating and some of the unique things that come with it, um, that make it difficult. And I think, I think you said even like, well, half the problem is what people are looking for mm-hmm. is completely unrealistic. And we were like, yeah, cause I think you were like, yeah, guys are looking for a supermodel to walk into church with her ESV study Bible and just plop down next to him. And then it's like, Oh. Let's get married. But it's got to be the leather one. It can't be the hardcover. Oh, well, you, know? you got to have standards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then on the flip side, girls are looking for the knight in shining armor. Every rom-com idealistic stereotype rolled into one who can read her mind. Uh, looking for a Hallmark movie. Yes. And I I will admit, I at Christmas time, especially, love a good Hallmark movie. I know they're all the same. I, I, I fully admit to all of the cliche things about them but they're entertaining i'm gonna get on a soapbox in this episode because i'm going to argue that hallmark movies are the reason we are in this mess in the first place or a big part of it maybe for some people it is it does not most people okay and rom-coms or hallmark movies they're a big they're problem. They're a big problem. I will, I agree with you. Now, and I will say, when I watch Hallmark movies at Christmas time, it's almost like it's I remember the first time I actually sat down and watched a Hallmark, Hallmark Christmas movie and actually watched it and was like, "Oh, I get what people are talking about." Cuz I have it on and I'm baking cookies or I'm wrapping presents and it's just like this Christmas whatever, and I'm not actually paying attention to it all that much, which just makes the point that you can come and go and you don't really miss anything. But I do love a good Hallmark movie. Oh, no, 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 and you no, can, no, 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 you can, we can agree to disagree, or maybe you'll change my mind. Maybe, maybe you can try to change my mind, but. Oh, no, I'm not going down that road. I've just <laughs> given up on that concept. No. Changing my mind? Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. That's only partly true. See? <laughs> okay, so you start. What do guys tend to look for? That supermodel with an ESV study Bible. What does that really look like? Okay, I threw. I, I was almost tongue, tongue in cheek when I said this, mm-hmm. but now looking back on it, it's pretty true. <laughs> now, let me because I'm big on defining terms here. Yes. Not every guy is looking for the same thing, mm-hmm. so I want to just caveat this with saying 
majority of Christian guys. Yes. Not just your nominal people that say, well, I am a Christian. I'm talking about they live a genuinely in the South and Christian that's what you do, yeah. person. He goes to church. He's involved in his church. That's the person we're talking about here. Is looking for that 10 in terms of physical attraction. And that's different for different people, what yes. that looks like. Yeah. Attractionally, me and my best friend, two different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. In terms of what we are looking for in a person. But most guys, and I think the biggest part of this is because we live in a social media age where it's all about comparisons. Yep. Even on the dating apps. Look, and I've been on them. I'm not going to harp against them. But on the dating apps, the, the premise is just comparing different people. And half the time, I guarantee, probably three quarters of the time, you click X because you immediately look at the picture and say, nope. Yep. <laughs> so we are an attraction-driven society. Looks sell. Other things sell as well, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> Looks do sell. Even in Christian circles, it's all about what does this person look like and do they fit the perfect mold of what I want them to be. We've talked about this before. Attraction is important. Absolutely. You want to be attracted to the person that you're with. In fact, you should be attracted. It doesn't mean it happens immediately. The love at first sight, nonsense of Hallmark movies. They normally hate each other at first sight. It's not how it works. You obviously haven't watched That's very many. That's not true of all Hallmark, Hallmark movies. I know. Right? I'm just being difficult. Um, Go ahead. But you, most guys will immediately expect, okay, I have to be blown away with her looks. And she has got to fit the bill of what the they wouldn't word it this way, but of what the world standards of beauty are. Yeah, um, and like you said, it, you want to be attracted. You should be attracted to the person you're with. It's not the most important thing, um, but it is important. I will say this from a, the girl's perspective, and this is just as a as an encouragement to guys. Um, especially after having done this for four years, five years now and talking to a lot of girls, you may think you're sly and smooth and whatever in how you go about looking for that 10, but trust me, girls know that's what you're doing. Um, it's very obvious to girls that, Oh, well, if I was just prettier, then he would probably be interested or we hang out all the time when we do whatever, but I'm just the friend and, as soon as the pretty girl walks in, like whatever. I'm curious, how do you pick up on that? Like, what are the, what are the cues that you see to inform that understanding? I think it's in you hear guys talking, um, how they talk about people, how they talk about whatever, um, what they're looking for, what whatever you could, like. That's always top notch, and I think you can tell when. When you're in a church setting, especially, and there's the normal group and there's whatever, and then the new girl walks in who's got her act together, let's say, and suddenly everyone's like, all the other people are just pushed to the side and everyone's focused on her. Or when seven guys ask the one girl out, um, it's like, oh, if we were prettier then they yeah. would be interested. So it's... I will say it's funny. Uh, the seminary that I went to, I lived on campus for one semester, which was enough for me. <laughs> um, 
when I lived on a hall with a bunch of other guys, yeah. and the guy that was in charge of the hall, the, the resident advisor, invited all the guys down to hang out with uh, some of the women from the seminary as well yeah. that lived on campus. And it turned into a singles meet and greet. But what was funny is it looked like a bunch of starving dogs when they walked in. They just swarmed them. Yeah. And I immediately said, nope, I'm out. Yeah. Well, and I can't I, I can't remember. I can't remember if, it was, if you and I have talked about this or if we've talked about it in the past or whatever. But I think there's an interesting thing that happens because there's a you hear a lot of times. I can only speak for in church circles because that's the circles I've always run in. Um, but guys will say, well, they don't ask girls out because they're afraid of being rejected because girls always say no and they're too picky. Mm-hmm. And girls, most girls say, I just wish someone would ask me out. We don't always say no. I'm not that picky. Like, no one asks me out. And the guys say, well, I ask people out and I always get told no. What seems to be happening is all of the guys ask out the best looking girls and she can only go out with so many people. Yeah. So she says no all of the time. Mean, so the guys are saying, well, I ask girls out and they always tell me no. And girls are saying, no one asks me out, so I, I'm never going to meet anyone. When in reality, that's what's happening. Everyone's swarming to a couple of people and creating a reality of everyone based on that without even realizing it. Here's what I think is important in, in this particular discussion for guys especially is what is your standard of beauty? Yes. And that's where we get so off in Christian circles is that we truly have no standard of beauty. Mm-hmm. We base it upon what the world says is beautiful. So if you look a certain way, if you act a certain way, you are beautiful. Especially considering the social media age we live in, how many filters you put on to give that perceived. Okay. You seem like you have a soapbox. Well, no. Okay. I'm a little behind the times, I think, mm-hmm. in that people talk about filters and you put filters on. I knew they were out there and I've seen different. But like, I was more familiar with the ones that like gave you like puppy dog ears than the. Oh, no. It's astounding. Yeah. I actually was getting on. Okay, I was getting on the um, the podcast like Instagram stories the other day, and I know you're not going to care about this, but the girls are going to. So I had a rough couple of days. I had like my face was breaking out on one side. I had I was trying to not put makeup on for a few days so that it could like clear up. I had not done anything with my hair, and I was like, oh, I'll just get on here and put a filter on because it'll like it'll make me look a little less ghostly. Mm-hmm. I was appalled. I started scrolling through them, and I was absolutely appalled how much they change you. There's like I didn't look like myself. There's a couple of filters that will completely restructure your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I ended up just not. You know, I was like, forget it. But like, I, I mean, forget it in that I just didn't even get on stories. But, but like, it's so misleading. And that's that's why I get so frustrated in the day and age we live in. We live in a Photoshop culture. A filter culture where you you present your best angle. Like yeah. ev- every girl out there has her picture angle. This is my best side. Mm-hmm. I don't have a best side. This is the thing for guys. We don't really have best sides <laughs> unless we are absolutely obsessed with ourselves. All of my sides are my worst side. It's so funny because we talk as girls like on a dating app or on whatever. You see a guy's pictures. And I'm like, yeah, most of the time guys are much better looking in person than they are in their pictures. And I feel like for girls it's the opposite because their pictures, pictures aren't actually them yeah. half the time. But we, we seriously, we have put so much stock into what we see online and we see out in the world not realizing that every single picture you see that is out there has been touched up in some way. Yeah. 
So let's redefine or actually take back a definition of beauty. Mm -hmm. The cultural has defined it as uh, a certain set of attributes or physical qualities that defines beauty. Often that have been touched up with Photoshop or with filters. That's not beauty. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I am recognizing that it is important to have a physical attraction. It is not crucial at the outset, but it is important. You want to be attracted to the person that ultimately yeah. you marry. That That's part of it. But attraction has to be more than just skin deep, to use the cliche phrases. Yeah. You should see beauty as what God sees beauty as. That, yes, he has created this woman to be beautiful in the way that she carries herself physically, but I want to know what's her heart for people? What's her heart for the Lord? What's her heart for the church? How does she interact with people? How does she look at the world? Mm -hmm. Character is the biggest part for me of true beauty. And that should be really the defining level. What does God say that true beauty is? That's the biggest thing for me. Mm -hmm. If I look at you and yeah, you are physically a beautiful woman, but you are snobby and unloving and are not really interested in other people to be rude take a hike <laughs> yeah. go work on yourself yeah because that's just not it's not going to happen mm -hmm. and yet we put so much stock into she has to be what the world has said is physically attractive which is honestly i'm about to make a hard statement sinful i would agree with you and i think i think it because i was about to ask okay is there an element of this that is, who who are you fearing more? Like, I don't think you fear God. Mm -hmm. You don't fear what he says. You, you aren't truly putting weight where he puts weight because you care more about what people think. Um, and this is coming from a self-professed people pleaser. I get it. But there is, that, that is sinful. There There is sin in saying, I care more about what the world thinks than what God says is important because you are at that point in your heart saying, well, I know better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a very dangerous place to be. And that is a very sinful place to be. So, yes, I would agree with you. And let me just say this. If you're predicating everything on physical attraction and you get married built upon that, yeah, let's wait 50 years and see what you look like. Yeah, we'll Because I guarantee, back. sir, you're going to have a gut. <laughs> and she is not going to have the same skin complexion that yeah. she once did. There might be some wrinkles and some gray hairs. Life changes us. As we get older, we, we change physically. So if your attraction is predicated upon that, you're doomed from the start. Yep. So let's reclaim the definition of beauty based yeah. upon what God's word says beauty truly is and then operate off of that. Because really, you're saying reclaim what God says that beauty truly is. That's really all it truly is. Mm -hmm. Everything else is a um, mirage, a false narrative, I guess you could say. No matter how much the world says it's true, if it's not in line with scripture, it's not true. Yeah. Full stop. Bottom line. Yeah. So. So I, I think that's, in terms of the supermodel complex, we, we've got to get out of the world's standards and the world's definitions and get better in line with what God has called us to be so that we can be in step with him. And so you're setting yourself up for an actual God-honoring, God-fearing relationship. Mm -hmm. But the other part of that, the joking with an ESV study Bible, I, I'm unapologetically ESV. I'm at a church that's more NASB. If you use that we'll translation, it. it's okay. I like the ESV better. 
NIV, you're It's just a choice okay. between two good options. There, it's not... Look, I'm not going to get off on a tangent on translations here. All that to say, I'm an ESV guy. Yeah, that's I've fine. got several, but I've got a Spurgeon Bible sitting next to me that's CSB. So, whoa, watch I, out! I know I'm, I'm getting wild in here, <laughs> but there is that that ESV study Bible. You want her to to know the word, yeah, which is important. Yes, if if you're truly a Christian guy that is walking with the Lord, you want to meet a woman that is walking in step with you. Because if your ultimate goal is looking towards marriage, we're not talking about the first date you're proposing. Yeah. But if the ultimate goal in dating is drawing to the conclusion of marriage, you want to know that you are both walking towards the Lord, both pursuing the Lord, not necessarily together in that relationship because mm-hmm. that's you're not married. Right. But that you, she is walking with the Lord. But I think there's a danger that, that guys fall into especially in the circles that I've run around in for so many years of she has to be theologically on it. She's got to know her stuff. She's got to know specific doctrines of grace. Like, what's tulip? Hit me up with that. (laughs) Chill, bro. (laughs) Calm down for just a second here because you want her to just be perfect in in every regard. I I said, want the perfect Proverbs 31 woman. Mm Mm-hmm. These should be the qualities you're looking for. But here is a breaking revelation. Yeah. There is no perfect woman. Uh-uh. Period. Shocker. No such thing. Well, and I think I throw out this. Well, I'm looking for that Proverbs 31 woman. And I was feeling a little snarky one time. A guy said that to me. And I said, okay, what does that look like? Mm. Uh, 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 uh. I'm like, I didn't say this, but I'm thinking, have you ever actually read Proverbs 31? Yeah. Like, I think that gets thrown around so much by people that I'm like, like, what does that even mean? I mean, I think it's like, it's become this synonymous thing with like, oh, I want her to be godly. Or I want her like, which, okay, fine. But that's not re- like, read it. It's all about godly and honorable character. Yes, Exactly. I, it's it's almost like people say, well, I'm girls either you see the standard of you need to be a Proverbs 31 woman and that's what guys are looking for. And what it the pressure or what it seems like that means is, okay, you have to be an immaculate homemaker. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to cook, you know, four course meals every night. Um, never sit around and do watch Netflix or whatever, like be always be on it um, and be at your husband's beck and call. Yeah, no. And that's, that's not enough. that's not what it <laughs> that but, but that's what girls feel like they have to be and that's what I think guys look for a lot of times. 100%. But they don't even know what it is. Exactly. My favorite clapback actually instead of <laughs> your defining it yeah. of when a guy says to me I'm looking for a Proverbs 31 woman, I look at him and say, "Are you a Proverbs 1 through 30 man?" <laughs> yes. I absolutely love so, hitting them yes. in the teeth with that one because They're like, "Oh, it makes them reframe everything that they've been thinking of. Are you in line Very with what wisdom point. dictates that you should be? Yes. Um, so guys want that Proverbs 31 woman. They should know what that is and yeah. what it is not because we're carrying a lot of our preconceived notions into mm-hmm. that and what fits our particular desires. But another thing that I find interesting with this is they want a woman that knows the Bible really well, uh-huh. but they don't want a woman that makes the man look theologically inferior. Yes. 
Because okay. it's a pride thing. Yeah. Like a guy doesn't want to feel dumb around her when you're talking Bible or, or anything with regards to scripture. Yeah. Well, and this is interesting because I was just having a conversation with someone the other day in this vein of as someone who is, <clears throat> I'm 35 and single and I have been in, I've been a Christian or I've grown up in reformed circles. Mm-hmm. Even. Like I have been in this my whole life. I think I was saved probably early twenties. doesn't matter. Point being, I've heard a lot of deep theology for a really long time. So I like, and being my age, like you mature. Mm -hmm. Or at least you should. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yes. But I was talking with another girl the other day, just talking about how it makes it difficult when in dating, if the guy's, maybe he's a newer believer, maybe he's coming from more of a surfacey, like... He's a believer, but hasn't been exposed to a ton of deep theology. There's an intimidation factor as the girl who knows more. But then you also get into this element of, okay, like you said, we're looking to date for marriage. What does this look like as someone who's going to submit to her husband's leadership Mm -hmm. when I'm the one that's saying, oh, well, did you think about this first? Or, well, that's not really what that means. Like, you're the one kind of leading in that because you have the knowledge. It makes, it takes a small dating pool and makes it a lot smaller. But I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like. Like, where is it okay to say, okay, well, I am the stronger one here and the guy is not. Like, I also think sometimes a guy, instead of seeing it as a challenge to, like, get to that level, is like, well, she's past me, so I'm just going to end it because I don't want to grow, which is a red flag on my side. Let, anyway. let me change a word that you, you just used. Uh, because you, you were talking about the, the girl that is – ahead in terms of Bible knowledge, theology, whatever you want to say. Um, and, and she's correcting him saying, well, this is what it actually means. And you said leading in that way. Yeah. I don't think that's leading. Okay. When the Bible talks about a wife, mm-hmm. Genesis 3, he gave her a helper suitable for him. That's what that is. I think that's the Lord gifting her in a particular area where... Okay, if you're lording your knowledge over your husband, that's sinful. Sure. But if you're sitting there and saying, I, I don't think you've thought about this uh-huh. in the appropriate light. What do you think about understanding it in this way and, and this being what it means? Yeah. You're helping him understand. Now, we're talking about marriage right now. Yes. Um, but you're but looking building for, towards. yeah. But you're helping him to see what God's word says. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, yes, he is the husband. He is the head of the family. He's going to have to make that big decision, that big call. Mm -hmm. He can also be wrong. Yeah. And God has given you to him to help him see those things. So I don't necessarily see that as leading. Okay. I see that as being in fulfillment of what the scriptures have described and helping him. That's helpful. (laughs) In terms of, of dating... Yeah, she should know the, the Bible well, and it's okay if she is ahead of you in some areas. That is okay, in my particular opinion. It is not okay for you to stay there. Yeah. Find a woman that's going to challenge you, not one that's going to lord it over you in an arrogant manner of, I actually know more than you do, <laughs> Yeah. but one that's going to push you to, okay, wow, she really knows her Bible well, and I've got to step my game up. Get on it, yeah. Step your game up then. Yeah. Be a man, take on what it means to be a God-fearing man and know that word well, ultimately, so you draw near to the Lord, 
but so that you are able to, if you get married, confidently lead her in God's word while being thankful for the help that she is giving you in understanding his word. I think that's what you should be building towards. Yeah. But men, don't be so prideful and so fearful of if she knows something you don't, it ain't going to work. Yeah. That's just wicked. <laughs> if I, I can just be perfectly candid here. You're putting your own pride and your own arrogance in the way of that. Yeah. Be thankful that God has gifted your sister in Christ in a way where she has grown in her knowledge and understanding of the word and step up. I am not okay with Christian guys or Christian girls coasting yeah there is no category in the bible for coasting in terms of that lukewarm yes (laughs) and in revelation it talks (laughs) about getting spit out of the mouth (laughs) yeah right either you're dying or you're growing Mm -hmm. it's one way or the other so you both should be walking in step with the lord but back to the idea of dating don't get your pride in the way you should be seeking to grow but it's okay because there is a ton of women in our particular church that know the Bible well. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord that they love the Word. How are they carrying themselves, though, is the bigger question. Are yeah. they carrying themselves and lording their knowledge over people? Or do they just really know the Word well because they love the Lord? Yeah. That is a green That's a flag. Good thing. Start waving yeah. that flag and saying, okay, yeah. we're going there. Here's, here's another thing. Let me let me shift gears here because if not, we're going to get off on a tangent <laughs> of what we have going. We have a later episode on those theological okay. non-negotiables. Yes. We'll, we'll get talk there. about that. For me, there's another thing that guys look for that's not necessarily good is she has to love everything that you love. Yes. So every guy wants a woman that will go fishing with him and absolutely love it or watch football with him or play. I mean, I don't do a lot of video games, but play video games with him. Yeah. Or fill in the blank for whatever you love. There is a difference between taking an interest and absolutely loving that thing. Yes. I love golf. I don't get to do it as much because it's expensive, but I love going out and golfing. If a woman says, all right, I'm going to go play. I love this. It's great. That's cool, but is she faking it? (laughs) Is she clearly not interested because I'm not going to torture her with four hours of boredom? But if she is like, I really don't like this, but I want to spend time with you, I'm going to drive the cart yep. and make fun of you the whole time. That is my favorite thing. Yeah. By far my favorite thing if she is just willing to drive around the cart, run over some stuff because I said, hey, you should go drive over that. <laughs> yeah. Because well, it's entertaining. Yeah. I, I dated a guy who loved to fish. I could care less about fishing. Don't care one little bit. But I'm happy to go out on the boat with you and get some sun and sit there and hang out while you fish all day long. Love it. Happy to do it. Are you going to convince me to like fishing? Highly doubt it. But that's okay. You know? Again, take an interest. Yep. Don't be obsessed with it. I would love to hear your stories about your fishing trip. I don't care about going with you. And I think the last big thing, because I'm about to summarize all of these into one ideal woman that guys are looking for that doesn't exist yep uh they want a woman that's okay with no let me rephrase this in a different way yeah they want a woman that will submit to them from date one from date one yeah i'm not gonna get on the soapbox for long because i've been talking a lot and i'm curious to hear your thoughts (laughs) there is again no category for submission in dating mostly because dating doesn't exist in the bible now, this is an, an approach that we have to getting to know people. It's just a moniker, an idea of 
I'm getting to know you in pursuit of possibly marriage. That's good and fine. But let's be careful to become over the top with dating. Yeah. You, she is not to submit to you. Yeah. There is a couple categories for submission for a woman. Father, husband, pastor. Yep. And all of those look different. For the husband, that is, except for Christ, her main submission. But submission is not sitting under a dictator's thumb. Because, again, we talked about a helper suitable. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't be looking for a girl that is submitting to you. In fact, if she's willing to submit from the outset, that's concerning. Yeah. Because she has her priorities all out of whack. Oh, yeah. Now, it's, I think it's good to want a woman that's okay with no, as if she's not a spoiled brat that's always gotten what she wants, and when you tell her no for the first time, she flips <gasps> out. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not looking for someone that's willing to submit right off the bat. So, let me summarize. Okay. Because this let is sum up. the ideal fake woman that a lot of Christian guys are looking for. Okay. The supermodel that walks the runway. Yep. But one that has a degree in theology and Bible. Obviously. That also is wearing a football jersey, Mm -hmm. holding a fish, (laughs) that is willing to submit to your every beck and call. So... Doesn't exist. No. Every... This is shocking. Every woman is different. No. Every man is different. (laughs) Yeah. But every woman is different. God has gifted her and created her in a unique way. Yeah. To display his character... And his uniqueness. So not every woman is going to fit the perfect bill and the perfect mold. No woman is going to. Yeah. So it's important that we examine our own heart and say, are these things that I'm looking for God-honoring and God-fearing? Or are they based upon what the world has said? Yeah. And from, from both sides, guys and girls who are looking for this perfect other half, well, newsflash, you're not perfect. No. And so to think that you and your imperfection are going to find this perfect person, even if they were out there, and they would just, you know, jump at the chance to be with you, there's a little bit of, well, it's pride, but I was going to say unrealistic pride, which I guess all pride is, but still, like, it's not out there, but even if it was, what makes you think it would want you? Yeah. To just be really blunt. And I mean, examine your own heart before you even walk into this. Yeah. So for the guys, basically what I'm telling you to do is crack open your Bible yeah. <laughs> and start to look at what God has said you should be looking for. Yeah. But on the flip side, let me ask you this question. Since we just talked about what guys look for. Yes. What do girls tend to look for? That knight in shining armor that yes. we've hinted at. So I think we, overall, what we're looking for is someone who is the protector the leader, the fixer, the provider, um, which honestly on their own are not bad things. You want someone who is, who, who displays patterns of that in their life, um, who would be a good protector, a good leader, a good provider. But we get in trouble because we expect guys to just be those things naturally 100% of the time. And we expect him to... Like, we want him to know what those things look like to us or what communicates those things to us without us having to tell him. Mm-hmm. So, like, something that might be protective to me wouldn't be to someone else and vice versa. Like, I'm I'm more independent than some people. And so I 
don't I don't need someone to dote on me yeah. to feel protected, you know? Like I just don't need that, but other people do. But like you were saying, everyone's not the same. So if I expect a guy to know exactly what that looks like to me or also what I want him to do, like but but not ever have to ask or I don't ever have to tell him or if I do, well then he just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um because the knight in shining armor comes in and saves the day. And you don't have to tell him how. He just knows what to do. Going back to your rom-com ideals, which I fully agree with. I have it in my list here that that's a problem. Garbage. I fully agree with you. Um, it has completely set up this e- relationship should be easy. And then you'll have the one big fight. But then you'll get back together and it'll be fine. And then it ends at the wedding. And no one ever has to tell anyone you don't have to communicate. Everyone just knows what everyone else is thinking. It's a mess. It has completely ruined an entire generation of women. Um, half of half of the Hallmark movies, too. So you have the ones where you have that guy that, that's always been there. Yeah. And they fall in love. Weird circumstances. That somehow she's in this small town for Christmas because her car broke down or something stupid like that. She has to save the Christmas tree farm. But there's also some of those <laughs> where there's that unexpected guy. Yeah. That's always been around and yep. he's always been doing his own thing. And she's like, oh, where did you come from? Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. Yeah. Quit. Well... <laughs> Quit having these, he is going to be this perfect, oh my goodness, I never thought about that before. But we just click. He's Everything's perfect. He's not going to have no. everything right at the outset. He's not. And I will say, my love for Hallmark has decreased over the past couple of years. And I a big step to that was, I watched, there was this one movie where the girl was engaged. Or no, they weren't engaged. She was dating this guy. He was like a dentist. He had his life together. He had, you know, normal adulty things going for him. <laughs> they were dating, but he was boring. So then they go back to the hometown for the party or the something or other, and then the guy's brother shows up, who she mm. knew when she was younger. But he is basically can't hold down a job, goes from place to place, lives doing whatever he wants to do, but it's spontaneous mm. and it's mysterious and, and you just follow you. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Cause what I'm saying is she ended up with that guy and it hit me that what we want in reality. I mean, if we met that guy in reality, I'd be like, he can't hold down a job. Why am I going to go out with him? That dude can't provide. Exactly. But what we want is the, the boring guy. We want a guy who has the job, who has the life, who has everything planned out and together. Who is. But who was also the brother who's the mysterious, Mm -hmm. the spontaneous, and the whatever. But he can hold down a job. Like, it's not real. It's not out there. And who cares if life is boring? Go with the boring guy. Let me... But, yeah, it it frustrated me. Let me speak to especially the younger ladies that are listening. So you're in your mid-early 20s. Younger is also a different category than we like to put that in, but... Do you know what the average life expectancy of men is? I don't even know. In the United States, it's 74 and a half years old. Okay. The reason I bring this up is, ladies, you're talking about a guy that's in his 20s. And you're expecting him to have all of these things figured out in his 20s. Yep. But you don't expect yourself to have all of life figured out. Yeah. 
again, we're putting too much pressure on this. Now, you want to find a guy, because I know we're about to go with this, you want to find a guy that he can hold down a job, he yeah. can provide, he is a, a strong man that will protect me, honor me, care for me, lead me, all of those wonderful things. But I think you're jumping to that you want a guy oh. that's 60 years old in terms of all of these other categories, <laughs> yep. but that's in a 20-year-old's body. Oh, yeah. That's literally my next my next thing here is I have here that girls, without even them really realizing it, the knight in shining armor, they're looking for their dad. Mm. Not in the... Yeah, I know what you <laughs> There's mean. plenty of things about... I'm like, okay, dad, if you're listening, I love you. Um, there's plenty of things where I'm like, okay, when I get married, I don't... I want him to be different from... Like, I'm not meaning cookie cutter. But whether we realize it or not, our dads, good, bad, or indifferent, shape our idea from a very young age of what we think all men are like. Like, because that's all you know. So when you're growing up, all men are just like your dad because he's the one you know. Big things or little things, whether it be big character things, the way he treats you, or just little interest things. Like, that's just what you think all guys are like. And so that's what you have in your head of like what you're looking for and how a guy treats a woman and how things go. You're looking for your dad. But at the same time, your dad has always been 30-ish years yeah. ahead of your maturity level. And so that's what you see at every stage in life is like what a dad, a husband looks like. And so I literally have here, we tend to look for the maturity of a 40, 50, 60 plus year old man in the 25 year old guy in front of us. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to happen. And so that's where I think it's so important to say, okay, you have to look for patterns now that set him up to be that later. Yes. And going back to kind of like what we were talking about before with like, how much of the Bible do you know? And should it be compatible? And like that whole thing. Honestly, one of the biggest things I look for, and I tell people this straight up front when they're like, hey, what are you looking for in someone? Like spiritually, I tell them, I am looking for someone who has a high view of God and a high view of scripture. Yeah. Because if he has a high view of scripture and it's authority in people's lives, and I know that that's where he's going to make his decisions. Like he's going to say, okay, he's going to filter life through the lens of what does scripture say about this situation? Then I can confidently say... I can submit to that because I trust the Lord who is leading him in that. Mm. He may not be at this level of maturity himself. When he's showing those patterns. But if he is showing a pattern of saying scripture is what matters and I want to live my life in line with that, then I can say, okay, the Lord will mature you. Yeah. If you're pursuing that, I can trust the Lord to be faithful to his promises and his word and that he will mature you as you study. I like that. And so that's kind of where I've gotten to of like, okay, as I'm evaluating this guy in front of me who may be 35 years old, my dad's 60. I can say, okay, how are you handling scripture? How do you view the Lord now? And I know where that's going to lead. Let me add a nuance to this though, because I think it, if we're not careful and we both came out of a really good family situation, mm -hmm. Like my, my father is my role model. That's who yeah. I want to be. Not in everything. My dad was not perfect and he had some sure. things that I'm not doing that. Yeah. But by and large, my dad, if I become half the man that he is, I will be proud of who God has made me to be. Yeah. But I, I want to be careful not to assume that everyone has the same situation. A lot of our listeners very well could come from home situations where the father was a failure mm -hmm. and not a failure in terms of he couldn't hold down a job. That could be part of it, but not what a man should be. Or maybe yeah. the father wasn't a believer or maybe the father wasn't there, whether through death or through other circumstances where he left. 
I think the danger that can come from that is that you can either make out if you had a good father, you can make a guy you want him to be just like what your dad was almost unconsciously. Mm -hmm. Or if you didn't have a good situation, whether through failure on his part or through leaving or through not having him around through death, whatever it is, you can also say, well, I don't want him to be like that. Uh And so you flip to the other end of the spectrum. If he was a loud arrogant or even abusive man you flip the script and go to the extreme on the other side Mm. well the danger in that is you're again going away from what scripture might be describing yeah which is why i i like so much of where you ended that of what are the patterns that he's showing in his life is he showing a pattern of pursuing the lord and in sanctification Mm -hmm. i think that's the biggest part so I, I do want to encourage, especially the ladies that are listening that did not come from a good home situation, if you're in a church, look to the model of the older men in the church that God has given you, but by no means expect that younger guy that you are starting to date to be exactly like them. Yeah. Because with age comes, hopefully, wisdom and maturity. I had, a, I had this conversation the other day with one of our elders just in talking about preaching, because he was joking around with me, and he said, well, I don't have the the theological education that you do, and I don't have uh, the same preaching experience that that you have. Because, I mean, I've been preaching since I was 17, which is now 10 years, because I just turned 27. So he, he was kind of downplaying that, and I said, yes, but you have something that I don't have, and I can't get right now, and that's wisdom. Yeah. Because you've been doing this Christian life for a lot longer than I have. By God's grace, this year is 20 years that I've been a Christian, which is unreal. (laughs) But I still don't have what he has. That growing wisdom and knowledge and depth of God's word, that comes with time. But am I showing patterns of that now? I I really like that. Mm -hmm. So what else would you say you look for or a girl looks for that's not necessarily the best? Um, it's funny. I think I have a couple here that are, um, (laughs) the flip side of what you're saying a guy looks for, Mm -hmm. but I think it's so true. I have here that someone who will basically submit to their every whim (laughs) and they want a guy who doesn't ever tell them no, uh, which is in line with the fall and absolutely against everything else scripture says. Um, but I think in the church, I think a lot of times we inadvertently even, feed into this a little bit in that we tell girls as an encouragement, I guess a lot of times when it's um, right after a breakup or there's no one around, well, you tell, we tell girls, well, you just, you just wait for God's best. You just wait. Just be content. Just, oh, <laughs> I, that one drives me up the wall. I, no, that's why I said it. <laughs> but we tell girls, well, you just wait for God's best. He wasn't God's best for you. You just wait. Yeah. And what that is, what it, the way it comes across and the what people internalize from that is that you just deserve the world. Mm-hmm. You deserve a guy who's going to just be your knight in shining armor, who's going to wait on you hand and foot, who's going to do everything you want. And, you know, if you want to do this, well, he'll just love and serve you and do whatever you want. He'll go shopping with you and he'll like, I'm picking surfacey things, but like he'll just do all of these things. And then we don't want him to ever tell us no. Because, well, then he just doesn't love us anymore. People are always well-intentioned with the things Absolutely. that they say. Absolutely. 
um, I, I don't just immediately assume, well, you're just a butt. And you're, well, no, um, I, I didn't mean that. Oh, I know. Okay, <laughs> just to be clear. Because I talked about this in suffering. People are well-intentioned in the things that they say to people when they're suffering. They just don't realize that what they're saying is not actually all that helpful. Because you are creating these ideas and these concepts in people's heads that are just unbiblical. Um, so with that, uh, unless you have anything else that you want to add to that knight in shining armor. Nope. What should girls really be looking for, and why does it matter? Ultimately, what, we're, what we've got to be looking for is someone who follows the Lord first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think within doing that, we have to look for that while at the same time doing the same thing. Because we can say, oh, I'm looking for someone who follows the Lord first, and that's the most important thing in his life, and all these things. But if we're not pursuing that ourselves, then we will resent that being the first thing in his life. Yeah, I, I, there's the old youth pastor moniker when talking about dating, that you should be pursuing the Lord and be able to look over and see yeah. someone else that's running next to you. I don't really necessarily like the way they worded it, but I get the concept. Mm-hmm. You should be pursuing the Lord, and you should be desiring somebody that is walking in step with that pursuit. Yeah. I think that, in all actuality, is the best model for dating leading to success, which is marriage. Mm-hmm. That's what you should be looking for. Now, I mean, again, we're going to go later on and look at i think more in depth of what that looks like what that means in terms of beliefs and ideologies so we're not going to go down that road at this particular moment but what does the bible say about them what's their character right how do they treat other people how do they treat other believers other non-believers how do they what is their walk with the lord look like is it yeah. healthy well and one thing i would encourage people to do is because like i think you said it in this episode earlier that dating is not in the bible right so if you go to the bible looking for um okay god's qualifications for a great boyfriend it's not going to be there mm-hmm. i think if you look for, strictly at what does god say a husband should be you might get a little off the rails when it comes to dating a little bit because you're not married yet. Right. And so I encourage people when you're studying and you're like, okay, well, how do I know? I mean, it's easy to say, okay, well, great. How do I know if he's a good boyfriend? How do I know if he's, you know, a good choice then study independent of being a boyfriend and a husband, God has called all believers to a certain standard. Mm -hmm. He has called all people who follow Christ to live in a certain way. So study that. Study what does God call his followers to be, period. And then look for a guy who is exhibiting those things just in his life in general. Yeah. Independent of trying to get a girl, trying to impress you, trying to whatever, who is just living his life following the Lord. And as you're studying those things, because the Lord is good and faithful, he is going to grow you in your walk as well. Yeah. I would say uh, guys and girls observe now yes. i said observe not stalk <laughs> big difference we do like to define our terms yes, here <laughs> but observe what this person is every day yeah do they just turn it on when they're around people yep when they're around that cute guy or girl they just flip a switch and suddenly they're the most holy knight in shining armor or supermodel or whatever <laughs> yeah. we want to describe 
is it just in that moment or do they display going back to what you just said that pattern in life is it consistent Mm -hmm. i think would be the biggest thing well, and a big indicator for me too is, okay, now I'm not saying someone has to be at the church every time it opens to check a box, but if someone comes to church on Sunday mornings be to check a box of being going to church and has absolutely nothing to do with the church body the rest of the week, that's a huge indicator to me where they're at spiritually. For me, I think it's a little bit further, but I'm in a, also I'm in a unique position, wanting yes. to do ministry for the rest of my life. The, the person that, Lord willing, I end up with is going to be part of that, whether yeah. it's through missions, pastoral ministry, wherever God leads me. So I, I'm, I'm kind of looking for a little bit more. I think just in, in terms of general Christian population for dating, you should be looking for that person that is invested and involved. For those of us, because maybe we'll have some guys that are interested in ministry— yeah. You're looking for someone that is heavily involved in the life sure. of the church. Again, I don't need you to be here every time the door is open. I like it. <laughs> I don't need you to be here every time the door is open. You're a part of every Bible study and all of that. Yeah. But I want to know, are you invested in the life of the church? Right. Are you just showing up on Sundays and you never darken the doors on a Wednesday night or during a Bible study? Yeah, you're not for a small me, group. You're not serving. Yeah. That's just the automatic no. Yeah. Well, because I want... It tells me... Church is just another part of your life. Mm-hmm. It has an equal place as with a lot of other pl- things in your life. Or are you centering your life more around the body of believers? Yeah. Like that's kind of the the differentiation, I think. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. People be a part of the church. Yeah. You need the church. You need community. You yeah. need the body. Yeah. For dating and just in life. I mean, it's not just for your general right. life. I think, I mean, I say it all the time. Y'all know it. Don't date in a bubble. Um, you have to have community in your life. You have to have people who know you well, who can see your blind spots, who can speak into your potential dating relationships. But you can't start dating and then say, oh, wait, let me get a community. Yeah. That starts now. Are you living in community? Are you living in the body of believers, not only as a consumer, but as someone who is serving in the body as well? build that community, have those people so that when you move into that dating phase, um, those people already know you, they know you well and can say, Hey, this seems like a good relationship. Or they can say, Hey, you have absolutely changed everything about yourself for this guy. This might not be a a great fit. If they don't know you, they can't tell the difference in those things. I I think just to put a pin in everything we've been talking about, everyone is so obsessed with the idea of the one. Yes. I'm kind of, uh, Vody Bauckham talks about this in a sermon where he gets very dramatic. The one, one, one. <laughs> because that's what the Hallmark movies do. They yeah. talk about finding the one. And how do you know when they're the one? You know when they're the one when you make a covenant before God that you are going to stay together and pursue yeah. this as one. That's when you know. So calm down with looking for that perfect supermodel, yep. that perfect knight in shining armor. It, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Based upon what God's word describes. Do they display yeah. the patterns of a godly life marked by pursuing him in holiness? If yes, go for it. Mm-hmm. If no, take a hike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say take a hike a lot. I'm like, just get out of here. You do. I hate hiking, so it's a good... A good metaphor. For yeah, because you don't you don't want to do that, so nope. you better get out of get here. Get out, exactly. Well, 
Do you have anything to add to that? I do not. I feel like this is a great place to stop. So we want to thank you so much for listening, (laughs) popping in and hearing all the wonderful things that we have had to say today. Please stick around because we have a lot of good stuff coming down. We do. It's going to be an interesting season. First full season for me, season nine of the show, which, like you said, is unreal. Just to see how it keeps going and keeps growing. So keep sticking around. Like and subscribe. Follow us on social media. (laughs) Get that newsletter, people. Thank you so much for listening. Looking for the middle. I'm Dalton. I'm Bethany. This is it. Mm